Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be speaking with Canadian YouTube star, transgender activist, model, and author, Gigi Gorgeous. I've had the pleasure of meeting Gigi a few times. She even co-hosted my talk show with me. Gigi had a busy year touring to promote her book, He Said, She Said, Lessons, Stories, and Mistakes from My Transgender Journey, fulfilling her lifelong dream of becoming the Grand Marshal of the Toronto Pride Parade getting married to the love of her life, Nats Getty, and continuing to champion genderless beauty and self-acceptance. And we're going to talk about Gigi's journey from teenage boy doing makeup tutorials in his bedroom to superstar transgender influencer, how she's been continuing to create during this pandemic, what pride celebrations look like this year. Okay, let's talk to Gigi Gorgeous. Hi, Gigi. Thanks for having me, Marilyn. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I got so much to talk to you about. You look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Oh my God, you too. Is that is that Top Dolce & Gabbana? It's gorgeous. No, it's no, it's Johnny Waz. Johnny Waz. Do you know that brand? I don't, but I'm going to Google it. Johnny Waz, <laughs> love. Thank you for saying it was Dolce & Gabbana. Hey, before we get started, uh, for Pride 2020, you just hosted a Pride Black Lives Matter walk. Tell me about that. We did. So our town has never had a pride walk before. And pride is a time that I always look forward to. I love traveling. I love doing as many pride parades as I can. But with this year, everything is virtual. So I was like, why don't we take it to our neighborhood, everyone in masks, social distancing, and just bring the pride vibe to our town. So we hosted a pride walk. And with the Black Lives Matter movement happening right now, we just put Black Lives Matter on a rainbow banner. So we were kind of aligning both movements and moments. And it was really fun. The turnout was amazing. So it was, it was like really successful. Oh, good. Congratulations on that. What a great idea. Now, I want to talk to you about this lockdown. Wow. Huh? How are you? How are you managing? I mean, it's been insane. I feel it's just, it's gone on way longer than I think anybody has anticipated, but it is for the best. I'm just trying to keep the creative is flowing. I'm, I'm a very creative person. So anything I can get hands on down, I'm trying to do. And of course, communicating with online, all my supporters, everybody who's going through a hard time, people who are, you know, feel trapped in their houses, um, that mm -hmm. don't have support systems. I'm trying to communicate with them and let them know that I'm here for them and I love them. That's so good. Well, that's what you're so good at. I know that you travel a lot, so that was a major pause in everything that you do. I mean, that's for those that travel, I think of you all the time on the road, giving speeches, making things happen. Personally, uh, yeah. a little depressing, a little depressing, would you say? It is, you know, I feel like there's like highs and lows, like it's so hard to stay so positive in a time like this, but it's just kind of like life, you know, there's ups and downs and it's, I've done, I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting and it is also my one year anniversary in one month of getting married. Mm -hmm. So me and my mm -hmm. wife have been put to the test, <laughs> our relationship <laughs> of just together 24 seven all the time. And I'm so blessed to have that to have this be our first year. I mean, we're never going to forget it. And um, yeah. we, whenever she's down, I try to lift her up. And whenever I'm down, I know she, she senses it. And she's like, okay, we got to get, we got to get the spirits up around here. That's great. Well, how is Nats doing? Like, okay, we, if she were to complain about you, what would she say? You know what? Actually, so funny. Okay. So 
it's 9 a.m. here. I woke up mm. at about 7. And mm. it's it's kind of a, uh, an ongoing thing that I wake up way earlier than she does. And mm -hmm. she hates that I wake up because I just sit in bed. I'm on my phone. I'm watching videos. And it kind of ruins her little morning routine. <laughs> so she probably would complain say that I am way too much of an early bird and I always want to do stuff. She's like, can we just chill out? Can we just watch TV? Ah, I'm like, no, let's I gotcha. do stuff. Let's keep the energy up. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Well, and, and you know, for, for her, I know you both love each other so much and congratulations on almost one year of marriage. We're going to talk about that. Thank what you. would you say that you've learned about Nats during this uh, lockdown that you didn't know? I think the thing I've learned about Nats is that she's really good under pressure, maybe more than I thought. She just knows how to handle a situation that is really hard. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we would we would sit up and watch the news every single morning. We it'd be the yeah. first thing we would look at, and there would just be you know more cases of COVID, more deaths, um, you know peaceful protests going into riots, which is extremely unfortunate that 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 happens. Um, mm -hmm. And she would just be like calming me down, and I would be like, oh okay, like I don't know if I'd be able to handle this as well if I didn't have Nats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you on that one for sure. I feel that way about my husband. Just very calming to have that extra voice. And that's why, I don't know about you, but I've reached out to friends that do live by themselves because it's so mm -hmm. isolating and it can really play with your mind. Especially yeah. kids like LGBTQ kids right now, especially during mm -hmm. Pride Month. It's so unfortunate that their work and their school is their their free zone, you know, where they can be themselves. Maybe they are out to their friends, but not to their parents. And now they are really mm. fully alone. It's so sad. So when, and, and I know that you're in communication with so many, what is your advice yes. on that now that we're on that topic? Yeah, tell me about that. What do you say? You know what? I The only advice I really can give to them is really stay focused on who you are. Because I think if you don't have that positive flow of, you know, zenness and who you are as a person, sometimes you mm -hmm. can get lost. And it's a really scary thing. So I think the internet is, is really amazing right now, I feel, more than ever, because mm -hmm. everyone really is just kind of taking a pause. With Black Lives Matter, I know if you scroll through Instagram, it's like the only thing you see. Everyone is like posting all of these, you know, all these people's names, all of these facts, all of these amazing images that are really educating people like myself who really didn't know much about Black rights and police brutality and stuff like that. So I feel like for, for people just to connect online and just find a community there is, is so important. So I just, I really urge mm -hmm. people to do that. Very good. Very good. Okay. Let's go back a year ago. Wedding. I sent you a message. How did it go? It was, I mean, the wedding was fab. It was so fab. It was so, actually, it's really funny. You we're talking about it because yesterday we were, yeah. um, we were watching our wedding video because I guess we're nominated for like an award for the wedding video. Wow. Well, I know that you're featured in the Power of Pride issue. I knew that, but I didn't know that you were nominated for a wedding award. How about I that? Know, I know. We were tagged on Instagram and Nats was like, did you see this? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I guess we're nominated for an award for the wedding video. So we watched <laughs> it. We relived it. 
And um, yeah, it was really special. I mean, I want to I wanna get married every single year. I think an anniversary is just a time for another wedding. <laughs> so can you, can you break it down for everybody uh, what the wedding was like? Where did it happen, if you don't mind me asking? And, um, you know, how many people were there? And I know you were very much uh, involved in the, what you were wearing and how it was going to be. Uh, so just can you give us a little insight so that if we get to see this video, we'll know some of the background to it. Okay. Well, okay. So the wedding, the wedding venue was in Santa Barbara and it was, mm. it's a new hotel build. So it, we were one of the first weddings there. We were the second wedding there and it was just so gorgeous. Like just unbelievable. YouTube.com slash Gigi gorgeous. If you want to watch the wedding video, but okay, good. Um, yeah, I was wearing, I was wearing Michael Costello, who's a friend of mine. He makes beautiful, beautiful gowns. And I just felt like a princess a little, a little tidbit though. So right before I walked down the aisle, there was a cage in my dress and to keep the dress out because it was, it was mm -hmm. like very princess like, like the bottom was kind of like teacup ish. And yeah. the, the cage actually broke underneath my gown. So it was scratching the back of my leg the whole time ah. I was walking down the aisle, but I couldn't feel any of the pain. When I took it off, I saw a big scratch on the back of my leg, but it was just mm. a moment of pure bliss. I couldn't feel anything. But yeah, it was the perfect yeah. day. I would relive it again if I could. Big wedding? How many people? Because I'm curious. There was almost 200 people there. Or no, 200 and, 215, yeah. I think. So kind of small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, that's great. I'm so glad it was a beautiful day. And I'm so happy that you're about to uh, celebrate your first anniversary. So let's talk about this pro power of pride issue. Uh, and what it does is it highlights LGBTQ couples in entertainment. That What does that mean for you and Nats? How does that make you feel? Honestly, I feel like it was very surreal when, when they reached out, you know, given mm -hmm. the time and also just whenever people want to include Nats and I, I think it's, it's so special because we are such visible people, you know, like a lot of the time, you know, it's not natural to put your whole life out there, you know? But I, I started doing that at such a young age online. So it's kind of second nature to me. Nats kind of fell into it when we started dating. But now mm -hmm. us as a couple, it's kind of like we are showing ourselves the good, the bad, and just being visible. And when they reached out and wanted to, sh wanted to shoot us from six, six feet away, of course, we did a little social distancing yeah. photo shoot in our driveway. Right. Um, we were just so excited. We always are like so, so willing to share our story because also the other couples featured in the magazine were so, so fabulous. Also, it's like, wow, we're being featured. We're honored. Like we're just like, what do you want? We'll give anything, you know, because you yeah, never know what's yeah. going to affect we're not gonna touch, you know, being right. trans and lesbian. You never, I, I don't see that enough in, in the media. So whenever I can put myself out there, I'm down. Yeah. So this is a journey born in Montreal, raised in Toronto, growing up, as you and I've talked before, bullied. You wrote about this in the book. He said, she said, lessons, stories and mistakes from my transgender journey. Some of your early challenges, let's, let's, if you don't mind sharing some of them with all of us right now. Yeah. I mean, I, growing up in Toronto, which I miss so much, I can't wait for this to be over so I can come back home. 
it, it was hard. I mean, the internet was just starting. It was really not a place where you could, you could retreat to. So right. in 2008, there weren't many back then I, um, I was my previous gender and I identified as gay, a gay male. Um, you know, there was, there weren't really people that I could relate with in real life. So Mm -hmm. Of course I was singled out. I was very, very, very different from everyone around me. And, you know, I had a really hard time seeing that that was a good thing, being unique and being different. All I wanted to do was just date. All I wanted to do was go to parties and fit in and have friends. But I mean, all of that mm -hmm. really just wasn't happening for me. So, you know, it wasn't until I found YouTube and until I found the internet that I could celebrate my uniqueness and I really learned like I'm different and this is a gift. This is my gift. And you know, then the bullies kind of turned into admirers. And I think mm. that that is what happens mm. a lot of the time, you know, people get bullied because they are different because they, people mm. see things in them that they want to be. Did you have, at least one good friend in school that, you know, was a support to you and is still your friend now? Because yes, I worry about absolutely. that with any kid. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I don't have many friends from school still. Um, mm -hmm. And not to say that I didn't have friends, but just meaningful friends. I think I have about five. But there is one in particular. His name is Mark. And he's one of my longest friends to date and he he is gay as well and he really was one of my rocks back then you know I think you will always mm -hmm. need a best friend that you can count on or a close-knit group mm -hmm. of friends like I had a few but mm -hmm. Mark I could really relate with and I think battles are a lot easier to fight when you have um, someone by your side Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to ask you this, too. You know, with the bullies that turned around when you became famous and were doing your YouTube, uh, you know, tutorials and everything, uh, you know, you can't help but remember how they treated you. And I know you're one of the kindest people, persons I've ever met. You know, was it hard for you to, to, to make that kind of leap into, okay, hi, how are you? It's good to hear from you. Or did you, like, how did you handle that? Because that's a biggie. You know what? I feel, okay, so there's a chapter in my book where I write about um, this guy, and I didn't use his real name, obviously, because of legal reasons, but he right. was a huge bully to me in high school, and it was an issue. So, you know, he got, like, suspended, he got in trouble about it, like, it was not a casual bullying situation, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty big. So he, I came back to Canada. I was there for a couple weeks and I was at Jack Astor's and he came up to the table and apologized to me in front of everyone because he felt bad for what he did. And I think that is maybe the biggest apology I've ever gotten from a bully. Um, and mm -hmm. I sincerely believed him. You know, when mm -hmm. it's like a text message or just in passing, oh, good to see you're doing well or, you know, whatever, that's fine. But that was a moment in my life where I think that I actually opened up to forgive bullies because mm -hmm. childhood is like a really, really crucial part of our life. You know, every single day, every single drama seems like the end of the world. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Right. 
I can't go right. to school. I can't face this person. You grow up, you see high school is kind of just how life is. You know, there's going to be bullies. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people. There's going to be conflicts. Um, and it is just like a little test for the rest of your life. So I think having him say that, I was like, okay, wow. Like it was almost like closure, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's an adult now. So reflecting back on how he was mistreating you uh, was something that never goes away. I mean, and lucky for him, he had the opportunity to talk to you and come and to be present to you. Yeah. I will never forget. I will never forget that him coming up to the table. I was like, Oh my God, this is like my high school closure. You know, it was almost as if he was all the bullies, you know, apologizing. Mm. Mm -hmm. I find you incredibly, um, courageous and, and, and all that you do and, and such a leader in so many ways, but you found like at 16, I think about when I was 16 Yeah, I don't know how I felt about stuff. I I just was floating through life. But you challenged your newfound voice at 16 before you came out as transgender and you began doing those tutorials. And I, I mean, that is a pretty, that's, you're talking about putting yourself out there. You really did that. So what was that voice that told you, what was that support to to tell you? Yeah, I'm going to do this. I mean, I always say that I started with boredom. Like people always say, oh my God, how did you, you know, find YouTube before it was a big deal or like, you know, doing all these tutorials. I'm like, I think I was just bored. Honestly, I think I was like, okay, I I really am fascinated by makeup. It makes me happy. It makes me feel pretty and gives me confidence, more confidence. Um, And you know what? It really was my best friend, Mark, and is my best friend, Mark. He still is. I feel like, you know, he was like, you should do this thing. And I feel like he was the one that kind of kept the momentum going and being like, well, why aren't we filming this? You know, like you should, you should oh, do, you know, that, yeah. that it was pretty, you should, you should do something with that. And you know, it goes back to having a great support system. You know, you can yeah, do everything yeah. alone. But it's so much better when you have someone by your side. Who was your favorite makeup artist? Kevin Coyne? Is he one of them? Ooh, I do love him. I have his coffee table book sitting in my living room, actually. Um, I would say my favorite makeup artist right now is probably Patrick Ta. If you don't know him, oh, yeah. definitely Google him. He yeah. does like the very clean makeup, the yeah. lifted brows, gorgeous. I love his work. So five years after making these YouTube uh, videos, uh, you became this um, social media sensation documenting your transition to becoming a woman. This story, Gigi, resonated with so many people. Why do you think that? I think it resonated with people because it's just real. Like, it was everything I documented was just the realness. Like, it couldn't get more real than it was, you know? Every single day filming my transition, I was learning with um, with the audience, I feel, you know? And mm-hmm. just sharing mm-hmm. really intimate things, relationships, I mean... I've really documented it all. If you watch the movie, it's it's literally years and years and years of my life. It's not just like, oh, here's mm-hmm. six months when I, you know, was already right. on hormones. It's like, no, it was literally from birth. So, and, I, and it also had never been done before like that. So I think it wasn't, you know, a replica of anything. It was completely organic and completely unique. And I think that's why it resonates. You know, uh, your family was very supportive too. So let's talk about your family. I know your your 
your dear mother is no longer around. Uh, but I want to talk about, you know, your dad and, and how supportive your mom was too. So let's, if it's not too difficult for you to talk about your, your lovely mother, I'd like to hear about her and then when, and your dad. No, it's not at all. I love talking about my mom. She was the best mom ever. And now I, I see her through ladybugs. So I have okay. ladybug jewelry, ladybug trinkets, ladybug clothing. It's just my mom comes through with okay. ladybugs. And it is a thing of peace. It brings me peace and it makes me feel really loved. So she was always there by my side. She never, I never got to say to her that I was transgender, but I think mm -hmm. she knew. And I know now mm -hmm. watching me, she knows. She knows that I am Gigi which is a really good feeling. But my dad was there throughout the whole transition. And it's funny because when I started transitioning, he said, you know, Gigi, we all had to transition with you. It wasn't just you transitioning genders. And I was like, dad, I was transitioning. I, you know, I did this whole thing. I feel by myself. And it took me probably about a year after I transitioned to fully understand that he had to transition from having a son to a daughter. And it mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. a lot more sense to me that, you know, the transition is as hard for a parent as it is for the child. And mm -hmm. I should have been a lot more compassionate towards him. And he's a trooper. I mean, I have the best dad in the world. And mm -hmm. my stepmom, Lori, is also so, so loving and so compassionate and I'm so happy that my dad found love again and that our family is complete again. So what advice do you give for siblings or parents that are, uh, that are going through the journey that you did? What, and you said compassion. Were you like a little short with them, with your dad saying you don't understand? Or what, what could you have done better? Because you were very mired in what you were doing. So how could you have been a better um, you know, a, a child to your dad. I'm the kind of person where if I want to do something, I just go and do it. Like I don't ask permission. Mm. I'm more of a tell mm -hmm. person, like I'm doing this. And I thought, you know, I'm transitioning. They're not going to get it. I'm just going to do me. But my mm. dad was open to learning. He wanted to be there. And I think even if he had said, I don't want, you know, you to transition, which he never did. Or he said, I don't want you to do this, which he never did. He probably would have said, I just want to understand and I want to be there. And I think that's what a lot of parents want, you know, for their children. They want them to be happy, but most of all, they want to get it. And mm -hmm. I definitely mm -hmm. was short with him because I had, back then, I had no time. I had no time to explain. I had no time to do that. I needed to transition now. And mm -hmm. I think that's also something I learned too, you know, just through life. It's not really about the end goal. It's about how you get there. It's about the journey. Right. You know, if I were to snap mm -hmm. my fingers back then, like I want to be female, I would have done it, but I wouldn't have the years of friendship, the years of building up my relationship with my father and my friends and my brothers that I, that I have now. So if you are a parent, what kind of questions would you ask your child and what kind of support would you ask from your parent? I mean, you just have to open up and listen, really. I think mm. anybody that 
is expressing that they are transgender, which I think now is mm-hmm. a very, very common term. You know, I feel like it's, it's become a household topic that people are more comfortable talking about because of public figures like Laverne Cox and myself mm-hmm. who really have put it all out there. So I think, you know, listening to your child when they say, you know, I am female or I am male or, you know, I don't identify as either. It's really important to listen to them and, you know, not take it as, oh, you know, this is just a phase or this is, you know, them being influenced by other people. It's like, well, if they, if it's something that's a reoccurring thing that they keep saying, then you need to listen to them. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times parents or children feel like their parents don't listen to them and they're like, they're really not hearing me. And Mm -hmm. that's the most frustrating thing. So I think, you know, listening from both ends, I think as a child, I think, you know, you know it all, you cannot be told anything. Your parents, you know, they they just don't get it. But at the end of the day, they do. And my dad has taught me things that I, I had no idea I needed to learn until he did. So just listen, literally just listen. Take a moment and listen. Yep. That's what we're doing a lot of these days, and we got to do more of it. And then, uh, you know, be patient with one another because the a lot of impatience right now. I, I see it. Are you ever tired of answering any particular questions? Because I'm sure when you do go out and give speeches, or when you do uh, have a conversation with somebody that is, you know, curious, do you ever get tired of any particular question? You know, I don't. I love to talk. I've always been a talker. Like even in school, all my report cards, all my teachers just always said that I talked way too much. So I don't really, <laughs> I don't really, you know, what's annoying though, a little bit people. So I'm coming up on my first marriage and a lot of people ask, you know, how is the first year of marriage? Like, are you guys, how are you guys doing? wanting me to say something negative uh-huh and i'm like it's mm-hmm. fine like we can be in love and happy you know what i mean people are like well you know h- how is it h- how's the first year heard it's the hardest i'm like i'm i'm fine so that's a little annoying yeah yeah that yeah uh, they're looking for something right they're fishing right yeah right yeah that's right yeah are, 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 have you had anybody starstruck by you? I, I, and have you been starstruck by anybody being that you're such a public figure now? Oh, I, I easy. I was so star, starstruck, sorry, when I met Lady Gaga. I mean, she, oh. we were at the, the American Music Awards and I was presenting the award with B.B. Rexa. And I was just mm-hmm. making my way to the stage and she tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and she said, I know who you are. And I was like, oh my God, I almost lost my mind. Like I have her lyrics <laughs> tattooed on me. So I was like, oh my God, you know who I am? I can die happy. I'm done. What lyrics do you have tattooed on you? Which I actually which have um, left, left Me Speechless. It's on my right foot. It was my mom's favorite uh, song. My mom and I's favorite song. So it holds a lot of meaning. And I told her that, and she was very, very, very surprised. I was like, I wish I could just show you right now, but my shoes cut my yeah. ankle off. My shoes it. are done out. Oh, that's really special. That's really special. And I'm sure, you know, people, like she's tapping you on the shoulder. 
uh, and is so happy to meet you. So many people are happy to meet you. Um, Lady Gaga is is so inclusive to to everything. What a great! What I, I'm wondering if some somewhere down the line you might not collaborate with her in some way, shape, or form. I'm wondering about that. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Start working on that one because you're so entrepreneurial. Uh, let's talk about uh, as a fierce advocate for self acceptance in the LGBTQ community and beyond. You were chosen, which I think is great, to be the grand marshal for Toronto's Pride Parade last year. Uh, I didn't get to see you because I was on the Chum. Uh, radio uh, float, but I knew you were up there. Did you did you love it? Wasn't that a great day? You know what? It was seriously so full circle for me because, well, first of all, I was like, me, Grand Marshal. Oh my god. Okay. Like I was like, did someone make a mistake? Like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> yes, but okay. And it it was so amazing because. Well, for so many reasons, but mainly Toronto Pride was my first pride. You know, that the uh, city is my home. It feels it feels so surreal to even be there, but to be, mm-hmm. you know, on a float, going down or on a car rather. We were sitting on the back of a car and right. just there with all of the love, also being an out trans woman, and I was wearing this bodysuit that had the trans flag on it. I just felt like a trans superhero. And I, I just, I could live that day forever. And also I had my hair in two ponytails like this with long, 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 long extensions. My scalp was sunburned for like a week oh. <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so I oh my gosh. You know what? But I, I would do it all let, over again. Let me tell you. So we're on the Chum Radio float and our theme is Make Toronto Pop. We had a uh, Ariana Grande uh, impersonator on. She was, she was fantastic. She just, I mean, people thought uh, it was her, but we would, we would, we would, I, I gotta say, Gigi, we would stop and start, stop and start. Cause we start on Rosedale Valley road to get up to the main parade route. And they would say, Oh, we're stopping and starting. What? Because why? It's because Gigi, people are like so excited to see her. She wants to wave to everybody to, to connect with everybody. And I thought, well, that's just so you to do that. You know, that is, so I mean, I want, that. Stop. I kept actually, that's so funny you say that. I kept telling the guy, stop. And I kept asking people actually like, what song do you want to hear? Because we had the, yeah. the radio yeah. and the car blasting. I kept saying stop right. because, well, I had really high heels on. Thank God we were driving because I was scared we'd have to walk. But right. I was like, give me all your love. Come on. Like spray me with water. Like let's connect. Yeah. And it yeah. was just so much yeah. fun. But, and it was so short. I feel like when we were done, we were at Young and Dundas. That's it. Yeah. We're done. That's it. Isn't that funny? You, you know, you look at the parade route and then you get there and it's all, all over. By the way, I don't know about you. Did you get wet? Because I got, I, I was waving and I got, it was perfect relief at the perfect time. Just getting yeah. sprayed on by this. It, you know, oh, that oh, was, I, was, I thought, I thank was you for that. I was soaked from sweat. I was soaked from nerves, <laughs> from excitement, from the um, super yeah. soakers that were getting us. It was just yeah, it was really fun. Soakers, and then also yeah. there was an after party at Young and Dundas. There was a little gathering. Yeah. So right, the right. party didn't stop, which was nice. Yeah. I'm sad that we have to go virtual this year. Like I so enjoy pride in Toronto. And I know so many of my friends all over North America do too. Um, so how, how are we going to manage this year? I know virtually, I guess, right? What do you, what do you have to say to I that? I mean, 
whatever we can do. I feel like that's a question I'm getting asked a lot. And it's like, you know what? Mm. We just did the, the neighborhood pride walk. And I think that that was, yeah. you know, something that I never really thought we would do. But, and I didn't even know if people would be into it. You know, if you look on um, my social media, um, I posted mm -hmm. a story. There was hundreds of people there. And it's like, that, yeah. we just, we just got that from handing out flyers and putting, or um, hanging up flyers rather, and putting letters in people's mailboxes. And that really? many people showed up. Yes. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like this big thing. Wow. I didn't even post it on any of my pages. It was just truly a neighborhood thing. And mm -hmm. I think that was, that was a really exciting moment. You know, that was kind of like a mini pride for us. And of course we were social distancing. Everyone had a mask on, which was a little bit unique, but I'm looking at it from a positive lens. And I feel like this year is going to be, it's going to be a weird one, but mm -hmm. I think it'll just make next year that much bigger and that much better. And there's tons of stuff to do. I mean, you know, tons of organizations like Glad and yeah. the Trevor Project, they're doing live streams, but you can just get your friends together and have a little pride and then, you know, see you next year mm -hmm. in person. Yeah, I think in, in, uh, across the board um, with everything, it makes us really appreciate the things that we cannot do just naturally. Like, you know, this was going to be my husband's first pride in Toronto. And I said, I, I can't wait till you see it. It's going to be great in the big parade. And I was really, I really realized how important it was to me. And I've always participated yeah. with my son to be a part of it. And, you know, and I, uh, so that, and it makes me think about just getting in the car and being able to drive anywhere. All, all those things that we took for granted, right? Oh, I know. It's like, I, I see all the time online, like, I will never, ever decline a party invitation again. <laughs> After this quarantine. Ah, right. I will right. never, ever say no. Yeah. You know what? It's funny you say that because we, I was talking to a friend of mine, Tommy Smythe, who's on the show. And I said, you uh, know, it was getting to the point where, like, are you available for dinner? You're going, oh, I can't go out on this night, but I'm available. It's like, like July, right? You know, let's say June, July. You go, but I'm available in August, September. I'm like, forget that. I'm not doing that anymore. I miss my friends so much. I know you do too. I know you do too. So oh, it's a God. reset. Yeah. Really is. I feel like this is like the, this is the time we're living through a pandemic and also an amazing mm -hmm. movement, you know, like this is going to be, mm -hmm. I just, I just think, I just think that like the history books when they rewrite textbooks are going to be like, Oh my God, 2020 was major. Was major. All right. So the reset button is set Gigi, before we wrap this up, I want to know, What's in the future for you? I know you've had some cancellations on things. You've been thinking about a lot of things. You're recalibrating things. So what can we look forward to from Gigi Gorgeous? I'm working on a lot. It's actually really frustrating because everything was pushed back, but for good reason. So everything is in the works. The machine has not stopped. You know, the creative wheels are turning. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I think it's really, really important that people stay present in the moment, mm -hmm. educate themselves mm -hmm. and also have their voice heard through social media because that is the biggest tool right now. You know, a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about social media because that is where mm -hmm. a lot of hate spreads. But I think right now more than ever, that is where love is spreading. And it is, you know, mm -hmm. pride month, 
and the Black Lives Matter movement happening right now, you need to get your voice out there. And that's also how we can celebrate and have fun. You know, I think even if you mm -hmm. aren't a part of the LGBTQ plus community, you can be an ally to it and post, you know, a selfie of you and your gay friend or, you know, just post, mm -hmm. hi, I'm, I'm visible. I'm here. I know it's pride month and you never know who's going to see it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be out there, be active and also message me. We can talk. <laughs> okay. That's so good. Where do people follow you? Gigi gorgeous. I am Gigi Gorgeous on all social media platforms, but Twitter, I am the Gigi Gorgeous. Very good. Please send Nats our very best. It was so good to talk to you. I appreciate all that you do. And, you know, it's a great conversation with you always, and we'll do it again. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always amazing to talk to you too. Can't wait to hug you next time I see you. Next time we'll do that. That's for sure. Gigi, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you soon. Thank you for everything that you do. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.